You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Yeah, certainly is community now. Bring you the best of our community um, each and every single uh, Wednesday and also Sunday morning right here on Hope FM. It's the final Wednesday of the month, which means that we're highlighting the work of the Community Action Network, or you might know them as CAN, uh, finding out the latest uh, news and events coming up and also revealing the Community Action Network... uh, (sighs) Just try and get this right because uh, it's quite a mouthful. Uh, the Community Action Network hero in the sp- community hero in the spotlight for the month of August, um, uh, which is uh, coming up. So we're going to do that, and it's be it's late substitutions uh, for uh, community now today. I've been uh, a subbed on uh, for, for Blair this week. I've also got a sub on the other side of the desk today. A very good morning, Liz. Welcome along morning lovely to have you back uh, you're not a stranger to hope fm you've been on on our can days um before but for anyone who hasn't maybe uh, caught us talking about community action network um over the the years that we've been doing um uh, this why don't you tell everybody what can is what community action network is uh, um the difference it's making in our community Okay. I like to describe CAN as a charity that supports charities. Mm -hmm. So we work with over 700 organisations across Dorset. Um, I cover the Bournemouth Pool and Christchurch area. And we help make a difference, whether it would be helping a charity become a charity, Mm -hmm. whether it's connecting community groups together, or whether it's part of what I do is is helping people find volunteer roles and helping organisations to do that as well. Yeah, and especially our reliance on um, like the charity sector for so many things uh, in society today. I mean, it's, and it's not easy to set up a charity, is it? There's no, uh, so many uh, hurdles and hopes to go through um, that's in order for uh, everything to be run right. And um, yeah, Community Action Network supporting all of those vital charities um, in our area. But like you said there, the, the work that you do specifically um, is a volunteer coordinator because charities wouldn't be charities. They wouldn't exist without the wonderful volunteers uh, that work for them so tell us a little bit about your role or what you do maybe how long you've been involved with can as well yeah i've been with can for just over two and a half years mm-hmm. now um so it's my job to help organizations to find volunteers um so whether it's somebody that wants to do an admin role mm-hmm. or or somebody that maybe has been struggling for a while with mental health or wants to get back into work i can help them find something that's really going to be beneficial to them but also to the community as well Okay, and how many volunteers um, are you talking about in terms of the the number of charities with CAN? How many volunteers do you reckon that you, you're, you, you've coordinated into roles over the past two years? It's really hard to put a number on it, but it'll be in the hundreds. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've worked with so many different organisations, but we've done projects as well where we've supported people to volunteer and sort of not hold their hand but just go along with them and support them and and help them make the most of what they're doing as well yeah and over the over the the years that can's been coming in here on our community now been highlighting some of those charities and some of the the brilliant work that they've done in all facets of society and in our community uh, and uh, today uh, we've got a charity that many people might be familiar with regular listeners um to hope fm but before we reveal who that charity in the spotlight is uh, for this month that we're going to be featuring on the show today. Time for a little bit of news uh, from Can because we'd like to find out about what you're doing, uh, the events that you've got um, coming um, up. Um, 
your role yourself bringing in those volunteers mm-hmm. and finding uh, charities for them to be connected to um if p- people are listening maybe for the first time uh, today and thinking i've been looking for a volunteer role i've got a specific skill that i could would like to offer a charity um in the area how can they go about with uh, connecting with with you because you've got a couple of places where people can actually come and yeah. chat to you face to face haven't you yeah so i'm going to be doing some volunteer drop-ins um the next one is going to be at winton library on the 14th of august from mm-hmm. 10 till 12 and then after that i'm at castle point library on the 7th of september mm-hmm. again 10 till 12 so people can come along have a chat with me find out what we've got available we have over 200 roles you know available at the moment mm-hmm. in the bournemouth pool christchurch area so we like to match them up with something we think is going to be beneficial like we said to them do you have do you have those vacancy roles can people find out what those vacancies are without yeah. coming into the drop-in yeah so you can also visit our website and if you search under the volunteer hub you can click on volunteering mm-hmm. and search opportunities so you can have a look through it's sort of divided into sections whether it's admin mm-hmm. working with people um, you know, driving any skill that you think you have, yeah. you can search for it and you can also look at something in your local area yeah. as well. And we know the vol- the, the value um, of volunteers. So after you to say to place a volunteer with, with, with a charity, I mean, do you still work with those people throughout? What, what sort of support and stuff do you, do you give to volunteers once you've once you've managed to place them in the charity? Yeah, so some of them we've kept in touch with, which okay. is really nice. Yeah. So, you know, one lady in particular that I can think of wasn't leaving her house mm. um, when we first met her and she was having panic attacks getting on the bus. And, um, you know, since we've helped place her, she's now doing two weeks, two days a week, sorry, at charity shop and her confidence has wow. grown and she's an absolutely different person. So that's really lovely to see from mm. the beginning to the end what a difference that volunteering's made, not just for that organisation, but for her. It's, it's huge. So, yeah, we do keep in touch with, with some people. We're about to uh, reveal, obviously, the uh, Community Action Network here in the spotlight for the month of August. But before we do that, I just want to mention, Liz, uh, some of the other events that can have got coming up, events that are going to be supporting some of your charity uh, members, the members of, of the Community yeah. Action Network. What's coming up? Yep. Yeah, so um, Louise and Steve, who work with me, um, have got an intro to fundraising, which is on the 20th of September. Mm-hmm. And then Steve's going to be doing a business planning basic uh, training session on the 5th of October. And then uh, probably one of the most wanted is Mm. um, researching and writing grant applications, uh, which Louise will be helping people with on the 18th of October. But all this information is on our website. Yeah. or you can call us. Yeah, so um, it's, yeah. that's can100.org is the website. Yeah. You've got the phone number there. Yeah, and the phone number is 01202 Yeah, so maybe um, you're working with a charity who's not a member of Community Action Network and you're hearing us for the first time today and you want to find out what, what CAN can do to support uh, your work and, and your charity. All the information over there, can100.org or via that phone number again, which is 01202. And all those numbers you just said, which were (laughs) four 
double six one three zero. That's the one. It's it's right there in front of me. I didn't see it. Um, okay. Um, in terms of, uh, just want to make mention of some of the other uh, partners that you work with. You're, you're supported by um, other organisations as well, who maybe refer people for mm-hmm. for volunteer roles um, as well. You're, yep. you're involved with like communicating with with those guys as well and, yeah. and finding those volunteers too. Yeah. So we get referrals in. It could mm. be from an occupational therapist. It could be from the Department of Work and Pensions. Mm-hmm. The moment we're doing a lot of work with asylum seekers um, in the local area, so we're trying to help them find sort of meaningful volunteer roles. So, so even if you're not a UK citizen or you're from overseas and you are a, a asylum seeker, a volunteer roles are are available. Yes, so, yeah, we're okay. working hard with different organisations to find fulfilling roles mm. for them. Um, you know, especially where they they live locally, mm. um, and sort of connecting them with their communities around them. Great stuff. Um, if anything has piqued your interest while uh, listening to this, that website again at can100.org or uh, 01202-466-130 to find out how maybe your charity or your organisation can get involved or maybe you want to volunteer yourself uh, to find out more about the work of Community Action Network there. Okay, Uh, the other reason we're here today, Liz, is to reveal uh, the Community Action Network hero in the spotlight for the month of August. And we've always got to play this little fanfare before we reveal it. So let's do that now. Let me press this button. Yeah, I know it's a little bit cheesy, but we like to add some yeah. ceremony to proceedings uh, because um, it's a good honour, a great honour to be uh, one of Cannes' um, spotlight um, um, heroes. And this month, well, next month for, for August, is a charity that regular listeners to Hope FM maybe over the years might be familiar with. Liz, who is it? Our winners are the Chatterboxes. They're um, a part of the YMCA mm-hmm. They're a youth action group led by people aged between 11 and 25 with special educational needs and disabilities. Fantastic. And we're going to be finding out all about uh, the work of Chatterboxes uh, right now um, as Blair magically transports into the show um, uh, talking to Poppy Sargent um, from Chatterboxes about the wonderful work they do. But Liz, thank you so much for joining me um, today. Hopefully have you back in uh, the studio um, in the future uh, as well. And just remind people just before we we go over to chatterboxes remind people of those drop-in sessions of those those libraries that you've got coming up where people can speak to you about those volunteer roles yeah so we've got winton library on the 14th of august between 10 and 12 and then castle point on the 7th of september between 10 and 12 again fantastic that website i'll say it again cam 100 uh, <laughs> org right now though let's hand over to uh, blair as he speaks to poppy Sargent from uh, this month's community action network hero in the spotlight chatterboxes so, Poppy, first of all, many congratulations on the Chatterboxes being selected as the Can Community Hero Organisation of the Month. But for completely, uh, for those who know nothing about Chatterboxes, how did it come to be and, and what is it? Um, thanks, Blair. Yeah, we're honoured to um, have been chosen this month. It's brilliant. Um, the Chatterbox Project is a uh, disability awareness project for young people aged 11 to 25 and it's all about empowering young disabled people to make a difference in their community so young people come together during the week and they have different 
youth sessions, they deliver training to professionals like social workers, teachers, but also young people, um, and they run different community events. Um, they make magazines, they make films, but the main thing is coming together um, in a safe and fun environment where they can um, be surrounded by uh, friends and um, youth workers that can really support and um, empower them to make a difference in their communities. Um, the project began because um, 14 years ago now, because um, many young people were getting really frustrated that their voice wasn't being heard and that they were being told how to live their lives by professionals such as their social workers. Sometimes they had never even met their social workers and they were making all these decisions about their lives. And also a lot of the opportunities and activities that they were being offered were really babyish and child-based kind of activities. So they decided that enough was enough and they were going to um, make a difference. And that's how the Chatterbox Project was born. So it initially started with five young people um, making a magazine once a quarter that had um, shared their kind of views about different things going on in um, their communities and then from there 14 years later now we have about um, 75 young people involved in the project every week and we have loads of different stuff going on all through the week so it's definitely evolved and it's constantly growing and changing because it's run by young people um, it's always, yeah, lots going on. Now, obviously, over those years that the project's been working, there's been a lot of interaction. And you said there that one of the interactions has actually been with professional workers. Uh, some people mm. might find that surprising. But uh, but what impact has that had? How were the young people received? You know, because obviously professionals do a great job in the main, but maybe uh, listening is not one of them uh, are listening enough. Uh, of course, the chatterboxes wanted to change all of that, but but how were their messages being received? Yeah, and they're being received really well, actually. Um, so um, for the last sort of six years, I'd say, the guys have been developing their training packages uh, for, for different professionals. And so at the moment, for example, they're training GPs across Dorset about how to communicate better with young people when young people go to visit um, a health uh, health professional sometimes the, their experience can be quite negative or quite challenging it might be that they um the health uh, health practitioner uses um complicated language or speaks to their parent instead of the young person so our chatterbox members are training gps and other health professionals about how to kind of communicate with young people um and um so yeah that's going really well they also do lots of training for example they train final year social work students at Bournemouth University um, they do lots of training around kind of uh, communication about disability awareness equality and diversity but also topics such as tokenism and about empowering young people and using a person-centered approach so it's all about making sure that I suppose professionals in the future will really um, support young people in a way 
that's about empowering a young person, not what the professional wants to happen. Now, but having a look at your promotional video on the YMCA website, and I, I would say that uh, lacking in confidence is not one of the problems that the young, <laughs> young people seem to suffer from. Uh, but right at the beginning, you know, when, you, when they started to have this interaction with all sorts of people, uh, was that a difficulty? Was it, was it a challenge enabling them to build confidence in order to find their voice? Yeah, very much so. So like you say, we have lots of um, uh, young people with uh, big personalities, but we also have some that really struggle. So for for example, at the moment, we've got some young people that um, haven't left the house in years. So um, um, either because of their disability or their anxiety and mental health has meant that it's a real struggle to leave the house. So they start by kind of getting involved in our online sessions and then from there building that kind of confidence and those friendships with others to then start coming to our face-to-face sessions. I think our young people then, it's all about that peer-to-peer support. They're supporting each other. They're sharing experiences. They're um, kind of sharing that they've also maybe been through similar experiences and can really mentor each other to kind of guide them through how to deal with difficult situations that might crop up in their lives so it's about that kind of peer-to-peer support is so it's so wonderful and inspiring to watch obviously you've told us all about how the group uh, came came to be the chatterboxes uh, group if we were to rock up at one of the meetings first of all where would we rock up to and i know it's it's specifically for young people 11 to 25 uh, who have some form uh, of disability and so on is that a fairly broad-based disability uh, yeah, it's really broad, actually. So um, we have um, young people that are on the autistic spectrum, young people with cerebral palsy, uh, young people with mental health issues. Um, yeah, it's really, really broad. And we didn't want to be too specific because, um, yeah, that's really important to us. Um, so the young people meet during the week. So we um, have Zoom sessions online. Um, so we have those on a Wednesday evening. But apart from that, we have face-to-face sessions on a Tuesday at Townsend Youth Centre uh, in Bournemouth. Um, and then we also have other ad hoc groups going on all the time with different things, either all online or in the community. The guys also go and do uh, workshops in schools a lot as well. So, yeah, busy out and about quite a lot as well. So in terms of the actual activity on, on any particular evening, is it very diverse what you're doing from week to week or, or is there a sort of a more or less a, a, a skeleton outline? Yeah, so our kind of, the Chatterbox Project is very, a little bit different from your kind of classic um, uh, open access youth work setting. So it's all about kind of focused project work. So we have a theme each month. There's a theme which our sessions um, are designed around. So we have um, a group of young leaders who oversee all different elements of the project. Um, So we have our activity coordinators, um, a group of young people who design all our sessions. So the sessions might have um, either uh, organisations coming in and um, talking and sharing things that are going on in their organisations. For example, last week we had uh, the Youth Parliament coming in and talking about kind of Parliament and how it all works. And then we have young people might design and deliver workshops to other people about topics that they're really passionate about. For example, tomorrow we've got a young person 
who's designed a uh, workshop around friendship. So we'll be doing some stuff around that. But yeah, each each week is um, quite focused on different topics. So yeah, <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun, <laughs> and yeah. o- and obviously a lot of confidence building going on in the midst of all of that. Definitely, yeah. No, and I think the thing is that it's providing a space where a safe space where young people can really explore and try things out. So it might be that they've never presented in front of a group before but actually presenting in a safe environment is really important and it gives those skills that will help later on in life um so yeah either presenting or cooking or um kind of working in a team or doing organizing an event it's all you're learning lots of different skills constantly um which is great and I guess with them meeting regularly, uh, week week by week, and so on, that the personal relationships formed between the young people themselves must mm. also be quite crucial as well. The peer to peer support. Yeah, it's really lovely. Actually, it's really lovely to see young people that maybe um, have really struggled building friendships in the past and coming here and just clicking with others and really, yeah building those really powerful and strong uh, friendships it's just just magical to work now two very important things can any young person just literally turn up at one of the sessions or do they need to be referred how how do they uh get entry if you like or become a, a part of what you're doing yeah, so at the moment, most people either contact us via our social media, so Instagram, Facebook, um, things like that. So they contact us. But at the moment, sadly, we've got a really long waiting list for um, our face-to-face sessions, so nearly over a year, actually, which is um, yeah, which shows there's a real need for this kind of uh, work. Um, so, yeah, but um, usually people would contact via um, social media. Now, obviously, to keep the wheels turning uh, off off the group and the excellent work that you guys are doing, it it needs resources, uh, not the least mm. of which, of course, is, is finance. Uh, where does mm. that where does that come from? Uh, yeah, so at the moment, um, we were really lucky actually. Just before um, COVID struck, that we managed to secure five years of funding from the national lottery, um, which was amazing. So it took the weight off our shoulders, um, and so uh, next year that funding will come to an end. So at the moment, we're really focused on looking at where we can source other funding. But we also get funding from um, we work a lot with NHS Dorset and NHS England and then we access pots of little funding for different projects that we're doing and then we also have an amazing young people who fundraise for different things so for example we always have an annual camping trip where we take all the young people camping and the young people organize a variety show to raise funds for the camping trip which could then covers all the costs um so yeah we've got lots of different ways of getting the funding but our main funding for staffing and rent and things like that is all covered currently through the national lottery well Poppy, going forward uh obviously you you can never have enough funding because you have that wonderful (laughs) problem of actually really not having enough resources because there's so many young Mm -hmm. people clearly the project makes a difference i was just reading on your website where young one young person has, has wrote the chatterbox has changed my life when once mm-hmm. i was depressed and disliked my disability uh, which was autism in their case uh, i'm now a multi-award winning autism activist mm. uh, but clearly this whole business of building confidence of making a real difference of changing the lives of young people when young people talk to you about the difference that the project makes in their lives what are they saying to you 
Yeah, well, funnily enough, I've just been um, finished. I've just finished our annual report, so we've been doing a lot of evaluations with young people about kind of what 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 have they got out of being? What why are they part of the Chatterbox project, and why is it so important to them? And it's really interesting because some some of them we only see once a week, but actually the project has such an impact on them. You know, it's just um, really it's huge, and they come together, and it's yeah. Just being part of a community, I think, and I suppose it's where they are able to take leadership roles and take on different um, aspects of the project is so important. I think um, one of the ones here I've got is uh, Chatterboxes. I've always wanted to be a Chatterbox member and now I finally am. It is everything I thought it would be and much more. Everyone is so kind and I just don't feel judged here. I can just be me. That's so rare in life. So just comments like that constantly. It's about providing a safe place where there's no judgment and people can be who they want to be, which is so important.